You are listening to the Willpower Podcast. Welcome to the show. I am Will Holdren, and I talk with some of the most influential CEOs, entrepreneurial leaders, and thought leaders to try and reveal the secrets that has led to their success. I believe that with the right knowledge and mindset, you can do anything you set your mind to. So if you want to learn how to change your life for the better, if you want to learn how millionaires actually became wealthy, or if you want to develop and start your own business from the ground up with the right knowledge to help you, then you are in the right place because this is the Willpower Podcast. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, if you have enjoyed an episode, then please, please open up Apple Podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And if you think we deserve it, scroll to the bottom, select write a review, and leave us a five-star rating with a review that states where you are from and one aspect of the show that you love. Once you do that, send me a screenshot and I will feature you on a future show and shout you out on my Instagram that has over 10,000 followers. Now let's get to the show with our newest guest. How's it going, guys? My name is Will Holger, and I am the host of Will Power Podcast. They have a very special guest. His name is Zachary Faust, and Zach is the CEO of Loft Realty, and he's a fantastic realtor. So it's an honor to have him on here. So Zachary, thank you so much for joining me today. Man, appreciate you having me. And uh, yeah, CEO of Loft Realty, Loft Level Marketing, few things. But yeah, I'm excited to be on here, my man. Thanks for having me. That's awesome. I'm really excited for our conversation today. So to start off, I ask all my guests the same question. Uh, so what motivates you to get out of bed every day to do what you do? Uh, the thought of do if I didn't have the opportunity to get out of the bed to do what I wanted to do. Um, there's been a lot of blessings, a lot of great fortune, a lot of uh, a lot of hard damn work. Don't get me wrong, but you know a lot of things have been positioned in my life that allow me to do what I do every day, um, and the people around me that I know, love, and trust that are around me every single day. So the thought of not getting out of the bed and going and putting in the work and taking advantage of the gifts I have and the opportunity I have, I feel like I'm cheating life. And uh, I'm not about that. It's a great purpose. I love that. So talk to me about your childhood a little bit. What was your childhood Ooh. like and how has it affected you? Which part? Let's let's go deeper on that. Let's go like when you were a kid, starting out in elementary school and then working way up through high school. Okay. So in elementary school and fourth grade, I had my very first entrepreneurial opportunity. I uh, had a friend of mine uh, that was uh, dealing a paper footballs um, throughout the high school. It was actually extremely popular at the time. And I took notice and I was a nerd. I was annoying. I was, you know, bullied left and right. I just wasn't a fun kid to be around. I craved attention. I just wasn't the popular kid at all. So I was like, oh my God, this is my opportunity to talk to people. And so I say, hey, man, you keep making these quarter paper footballs. I'm going to sell them for a dollar, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find you all these orders because you're overworked. I'm going to find you the orders, get them to you. You just make it. I'll deliver it. And then it went on for about two months. I was buying pizza for everyone at lunch. I was getting the sour punch straws out of the machine for people, my crushes. I was the boy for a little bit. And then my fourth grade teacher found out, and she was pissed. Now, I went to a small private Christian school. It wasn't like – I guess, culturally appropriate. Um, and then she was also Australian. And from like there, they just had a different view on business. Um, so I got suspended. Um, and I was sitting there like, oh my God, like this is wrong. Like I, I felt like I was doing something cool. Like I felt like I was, I'm, I'm, life's going to go back to normal. Like I hate this. And then I remember my, um, my principal, she pulled me inside and said, hey, look, you know, here, it's not the role. Just not the wave. Don't do that. But don't forget that. Like not many kids would do that. 
don't forget that. And so I kind of did forget. It. I was like, screw entrepreneurship. I didn't even know what to call it. I said, just screw selling stuff. I hate it. Um, and a little stuff I would do, I would, you know, plow, uh, plow people's driveways when it snowed. I would rake. I would mow lawns, even though I hated it, just because I wanted to um, – I wanted to make something of myself, even if it meant I bought an Xbox. I was just like, that's my Xbox. I bought that. Um, or if it was shoes or, you know, uh, a new shirt. I played basketball all the time. So like a new jersey or something like that. I collected basketball jerseys. Um, I always loved that. I loved creating. Um, fell into the lifestyle of my parents around high school. Um, still was never the popular kid. Always, you know, just kind of low on the totem pole. Uh, tore my meniscus playing basketball. I was being scouted a little bit for like a D2 school or possibly the opportunity maybe to go to some really low place overseas because due to my skin color and my height, I didn't have a ton of chances. So um, <laughs> tore my meniscus. First game my senior year. Had a scout come in the second game. So I was like, well, there goes that. Signed up for the Army. Um, and did that, went to Afghanistan, Georgia, El Paso, a couple places, Nebraska, called it good after four years, switched to a reserve contract, went to Department of Corrections. Um, and then I had that same elementary school teacher who had then been a realtor for 10 years say, Zach, you should be a realtor. And I was like, wow, no, that sounds <laughs> stupid. They don't even get paid unless they work. And I suck because um, I had this terrible mindset. I had this right. awful, awful mindset, and I really want to dive deep on that with you because that's, you know, mind growth is right in your title. And so about a month and a half later, saw her at church. She's like, Zach, you should be a realtor. And I was like, Rosalia, no. <laughs> and I walked away again. And then I remember the night it was – um. It was late August. It was 11 o'clock at oh, sorry, 10 o'clock at night. I had to leave at 11 o'clock to go to my midnight shift up at uh, Wilmington Prison, which was an hour away from me. I was, I was commuting an hour each way, sometimes working 16 hours, sleeping in the parking lot to just wait for my next shift because there was no point in driving an hour back just to sleep for four hours and do it again. Um, and I remember I was getting ready, and she called me. She's like, Zach, I know it's late, but you need to be a realtor. And I'm like, Rosalia, like, no. She's like, I already signed you up for the class. It starts tomorrow at 4. <laughs> what do you i don't have money rosalia like i can't pay for this she's like you'll figure it out and you just hung up i'm like what <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so i said wow. all right i'll do it and we drained our bank account we owned like 450 the class was 550 so i had to put 100 on a credit card and i did it and i remember like the next day i just kind of like you know sometimes life just happens and then it takes a couple days to just kind of like understand wow that happened mm -hmm. and i was sitting there and i was like all right well, I got demoted twice in the army. I got fired from two jobs, and I'm now currently working in a prison. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to give it my all. And I started to analyze my life a little bit. I was like, all right, from elementary school, from not being the popular kid, from craving attention to going into the army, deciding that was my only choice, to being demoted, to being fired, to being like, oh, like what? What? what was the reason? And I drew it all out in my mind and actually on paper. And I was like, the only common variable was me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Could I draw an excuse to elementary school kids and middle school kids just being dicks? Sure. <laughs> you know, could I draw the circumstances of me tearing my meniscus and not getting to play basketball in college? Sure. Could I, could I look at the, the sergeant who was above me who overreacted? Absolutely. You know, could I say that my coworker who's supposed to be training me didn't train me right, which led me to getting fired? Absolutely. But the common variable in all of it was me. 
And so I decided I had, a, I had a buddy of mine who was kind of dabbling in the, in the mindset world. And I was like, dude, I need to grow me. Can you give me like a book? I've never read. Like I, I, I get headaches when I read I'm farsighted. Like I'll get some, I'll get some glasses. He's like, no, get an ebook. I was like, what's an ebook? Is it audible? I'm like, Oh, nice. Amazon. And so he put me on a book. Uh, he said, I said, you know, I'm getting into entrepreneurial. What's the first thing I need to do? He said, you need to listen to these three people. He said, you need to listen to Tony Robbins. He said, you need to listen to Gary Vaynerchuk. And then you need to listen to Simon Sinek. I said, okay, cool. Got it. What else? He said, and I'm going to give you three books that aren't even by them. I said, okay, so how am I supposed to listen to them? He said, look up their podcasts, look up their on stage, look up their talks, look up all that. And I said, what are the three books? He said, The Miracle Morning. He said, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He said, The One Thing. I said, all right, cool. I'm going to read all three. I'm going to start listening. Two weeks dedicated. I started with The Miracle Morning, started waking up a little bit early. All right, and I was already work, uh, working, coming home, going to, going to this class, going to sleep, going back to work every day. I had to work the weekends in order to pay the bills because my wife is a teacher and teachers don't get paid much. Mm. And then from there, I started journaling. And then I started affirmations. And then I got into shifting my mindset a little bit to where I started viewing things slightly differently. I started looking for the good. And I started to shift a little bit and started noticing the negativity that was around me. It's almost like I never noticed it. I was like, holy fuck. Fuck, my coworkers are just sorry for this PG thirteen. I just used oh, for one F word. <laughs> like everyone's so negative. Like at least we got a job. Nice. Like come on. And I started to notice that, and I did that for four months consistently. Every morning I was driving. I had this note note section on my on my iPhone. I still have it of these things I would say to myself like. I am Zachary Faustin. I'm a full-time realtor. I love my job. My wife doesn't have to work. I'm happy. And just like <laughs> saying it so determined, like it's going to happen. And, um, and I, I remember I got super dedicated to it because something in the Miracle Morning said, um, you'll seldom ever outgrow your level of personal growth. And I was like, yeah, I can't outgrow myself. That makes tons of sense. And I've never taken the time to grow myself. So I started working out. I did all, I did all this, all that to say, I got my license. And when I got my license, I was like, time to go. I didn't sleep. I, I went into a phase where I was working eight hours at the prison, coming home after an hour drive, getting dressed, going to the office, working another eight hours as a real estate agent, coming home, getting changed, going to sleep, doing the same exact thing every single freaking day. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm getting burnt out. It's only been a month and a half. And I remember it was 1130 at night. It was 20 minutes from the prison. And I was listening to Tony Robbins. I still hate Tony Robbins. If I ever see him, I'm going to tell him the story. I was listening to his podcast, or I'm sorry, not his podcast. He was on stage talking about the burning of the boats. I don't know if you've ever heard that story. Um, so the burning of the boats is about a man named Conqueror Cortez, which by the way, I would love if I ever saw someone on LinkedIn and their job title was Conqueror. That'd be dope. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to change myself to real estate Conqueror. Um, so he was a conqueror um, from the area of Portugal. And uh, it's either Portugal or Spain. I always get it mixed up. Um, and he was like, king, queen, I'm going to go take this island that Spain's been holding all their riches at, and I'm going to take it. And they're like, well, no one's been able to take that. Like, it's been like 50 people tried. Everyone's failed. And this island has slowly been just pillaging and taking all the winnings and all the treasures from all the ships that tried and failed. 
and all the jewels and all the treasures and all the gold. So it was just filled with riches, mm. just filled with it. And uh, he said, just give me an army. He gave him like 300 people, one of the smallest armies that had ever gone to try. He's like, all right, five ships. So I'm assuming 60 a ship. Brought him in, brought him on the little tiny boats because you can't bring them all the way to shore. And unbeknownst to everybody else, he left one person on each boat. And he started giving his little Braveheart speech to everybody on a small part of the island that he knew the Spaniards couldn't see him. He's like, we're going to do this, blah, 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 da, da, da. whatever he said. And then he rose his hand up. And when he rose his hand up, that was the signal for the guys on the boats to throw a torch on the boats and then come back to shore. And, of course, when the soldiers took notice, they were like, what would you do to our boats? Like, how are we going to get home? And he said, the only way we're going home is on their boats. And they won and they took it over. And then Tony said this, and I was listening. He's such a great storyteller. I mean, he took that and drew it out for 20 minutes. And then he said, if you don't burn your boat, you'll never fucking take the island. And I was like, I'm driving to my fucking boat. <laughs> I was like, damn. And so I walked in. I said, LT, can I talk to you after I got my shift? He said, sure. He was cool. I said, I think I'm quitting. I said, what do you mean? You think you're quitting. I, was like, I, I, think I'm, I think I'm quitting. And I started taking my little utility belt, my mace and my stick and all that fun stuff. He said, he said Faust, what are you doing? I'm like, I, I'm not coming back. He said, why do you sound so unsure? I said, because I am. <laughs> he said, are you putting in your two weeks? I said, no. He said, well, if someone calls like, as, like to see like how did you do and like stuff like that, like a performance review, you know we're going to have to give you a bad review, right? And I said, I don't think I'm going to need a resume. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to, I'm going to be a realtor. He said, all right, well, if you need anything, like hit me up. And then I just walked out and I got home at 1am and my wife was a little confused and I ended up winning rookie of the year, did 27 deals that year and end of the year, started a team two years later, opened a brokerage and now we're here. Wow. wow. <laughs> so that's the story. <laughs> Jeez. Well, there's a couple of things I really love about that. First off, when you're in elementary school and you're selling all that stuff and you got suspended, I can totally relate to that because you know, I was like in fifth grade uh, and I heard this thing where we sold desk insurance with my buddy. It charged desk like, insurance. Like 10, like 10 bucks a month, you know what I mean? Because people are still like erasers and pencils out of the desk. Like 10 bucks a month will protect you and replace anything that gets stolen out of your desk. Oh my and, God. Yeah, once, I love that. Once the teacher found out about that, that got shut down pretty quickly. What a scheme. So, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, like something we, the mob would do. <laughs> You were starting something back then. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, okay. But also, in your story, I loved how you started taking accountability for yourself, and you realized that the reason why you were failing, you were, you lost your two jobs, you know what I mean? You're struggling. Um, it's because of you, and that's when you found out. You started taking accountability for yourself and realized that you were the problem. You had to fix you. So you had to get your mind right, had to get your body right. So I'm just curious, how did you make that switch? Because I know you said you went through like audio books and reading and stuff like that, but how did you actually learn to make that switch and learn to stay disciplined in doing all of those things towards personal development? I, you know, I kind of, I didn't give myself an option. I, I didn't give myself an option. I told myself, you know, this is, this is the point in life. You know, this is the, this is the, the epitome of the lose yourself Eminem song where like you get that shot. Like this is my shot to pull myself out of this. Like I'm either going law enforcement and hating my life my whole life, or this is my chance. And I, I did little things to force myself to do that. For example, to wake up earlier. 
I started putting my phone across the room, forcing myself to stand up. And then beside my bed, I had already pre-mixed my pre-workout from the night before. And so I built a habit of waking up to my alarm across the room, having to stand up without thinking, grabbing the cup on the way over to get the alarm, drinking it. So by the time I've turned off my alarm, not only am I standing up, I now have pre-workout in my system. I'm not going back to bed. <laughs> so I didn't give myself the chance at failure there. And then I firmly believe in the book, Make Your Bed, um, where if, and not even in the terms of making my bed, which I always thought was kind of odd because if I wake up before my wife, how am I supposed to make my bed? But <laughs> that being said, um, the point is the first win is everything. And I got an addiction to beating the sun to a job. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go to the gym. Went to the gym. Then to my job. And at my job, I would, in my mind, I would have myself when I, you know, because you can't really talk to anybody. You kind of got to be quiet to do your job. In my mind, I would start to train my mind to stop being the bully. Because what I found moving out of high school was that my brain was still my do-it-yourself bully. Right. And I feel we all do that at times. And I didn't want a cheerleader. I wanted a mentor. And so I actually created... And, and I, it was actually funny. I, I met the author who wrote a book on it, didn't know what I was doing at the time, but I called the mentor in my head because I had already written the business plan for Loft Realty while I was in prison, which I love telling people that. So like, for prison, I'm like, yeah, I was a guard. Um, but it's, it gets them like, what? <laughs> so um, I wrote the business plan and, and Loft was there and I wanted a mentor in my head. So in my head, this kick-ass killer just absolute business assassin mindset king it wasn't me i sucked it was zachary loft i told myself in my brain my mentor in my brain was zachary loft when i didn't want to get up zachary loft yelled at me when i didn't want to put up the next rep i'm like zachary loft would when i was going into a situation where i was like oh, affirmations and zachary loft would literally be like yo we're fucking doing this like stop and it was actually uh funny Three years later at a Tom Ferry summit, I heard a speaker speak on his book called The Alter Ego Effect. I found out that people like Barry Sanders, Bo Jackson, Mark McGuire, Will Smith do this where they tell themselves there's someone else because we're all incapable humans. But if we pretend there's a superhero living in us, we can't fail. It's like when we're little kids and we put on the Spider-Man mask. All of a sudden, we think we're quicker and we can we can move and jump faster. And when we put on the Flash, we can run quick. And we put on the Superman outfit, we can fly. Like, it's the same exact effect. And so that's what I started doing, and that's why I still go by the name. I, I originally did it just because it was my first name and my business plan's name combined. But now it's my alter ego. It's the person who makes the TikToks. It's the person who gets on stage. It's the person who's on this podcast. You know, Zachary Faust is still the person who got fired twice, the person who got demoted twice, the person who wanted to just be a cop. Like, that person still exists, and that person's still growing. But that person sometimes wants to quit. Right. But I created a perfect version of myself that doesn't. Cool. That I aspire to. That is definitely very powerful. And – you know, I'm kind of curious because I feel like a lot of people, they try to do that and then they have something else telling them that they want to do it. So then they still break that, break that consistency every now and then. Yeah. So I'm curious, like when you, you know, struggle to wake up sometimes in the morning and Zachary Loft tells you, yo, get your ass out of bed. Like, do you if ever, you're not, if you're not being consistent, you're too addicted to who you are and not addicted enough to what you want to be. 
You're unwilling to sacrifice something that you currently have in order to gain what you want. So if you're struggling with consistency, you need to figure out what are you unwilling to give up? Is it your sleep? Okay, why? Why don't get enough? Then go to bed earlier. Get rid of your Netflix subscription. Figure out a way that you got to walk across the room, drink a glass of water. If it's the gym, you know, imagine five years from now in your mind's eye, like what would I look at, look like if I just ate McChick, uh, chicken McNuggets every day and never lifted? What would I look like? And then imagine the ladder. McChicken nuggets, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then imagine the ladder. Okay, well, I want the second option. Right. You know? I wrote a check to myself when I was uh, five or five, five years old, five years ago. And I'm like, what would it look like if I got to cash this? And then four months ago, I got to cash it. Wow. So it's just you, people that struggle with that. And it's going to be a struggle in every, like, there's going to be aspects of your life you're going to struggle with. It's going to happen. But it's when who you are and who you want to be are fighting. And if you truly want to achieve who you are, you got to get rid of what you already are. I feel that. Yeah. I definitely feel that. And so, you know, in my opinion, I feel like people, they just struggle because they're, they're so comfortable in your life. And like you said in that story that Tony Robbins said, like, until you go all in, you're not really yeah. doing it. You know what I mean? You're halfing it. And yeah. then it's not going to work out in the end. Like, you're not going to get up at 4 a.m. and do what you need to do to get it done because you're not going all in. Yeah. So I feel like people, in my mind, just struggle getting over that comfortable feeling. Like they're not broke, you know what I mean? But they're not rich. They have enough, just enough. Don't have extra or any less. So, I mean... You know, for them, it's just breaking out of that, that comfortable level and being able to go all in on what they want to do. Yeah. And, and um, I like what Pastor E.T. talks about. I don't know if you ever heard about him. Um, I love, yeah, I love yeah him. Pastor E.T., I mean, one of his most famous speeches, like compare what you're looking to achieve, like breathing. You can't go without breath for two minutes without dying. What, what is it in your life that you need to compare to oxygen? Right. And what matters when you need oxygen? oxygen there's nothing else on the planet that matters hooking up with that chick going to the bar staying out late drinking drugs none of that matters when you need to breathe yeah when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe yeah. yeah exactly and and you need to find something in your life and match it to that like there has to be something you're addicted to there yeah. has to be yeah and for you you're saying your your alter ego is what gets you to that point where like like when this guy comes yeah. out and talks to me, that means I got to succeed. I got oh breathe. man, yeah, a hundred percent. And dude, it sounds it sounds sociopathic. And there's gonna be people who are listening to this like, yo, this dude's an actual lunatic. And sure, go ahead. I do not care. That's fine. The fact of the matter is, we're imperfect human beings. I don't care if you believe in Jesus, Buddha, a, a flying goat in the sky, the universe. I don't care what you believe in. We're imperfect human beings. Right. We have to have something within us that holds us to a higher standard or else we're going to rely on the crutch of our comforts until we die. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So kind of jumping back into your story. So you started Loft Realty. You were pretty successful. You were a freshman of the year or something like that. You said, um, how did you kind of learn to take off, learn the, the skills necessary to become like the best realtor possible? I was stupid and I understood I was stupid. Um, quite honestly, I walked in and knew I knew nothing about this and I didn't approach it like I did. Um, I didn't talk to my clients like I did. I told my clients my strengths. I'm energetic. You're going to have my time. You're going to have my effort. You call, I answer. You text, 
I answer. I had my text and call ringtone at maximum, and I slept with my phone next to my ear. So if someone texted me at 2 a.m., I answered. Literally, there was not a time you could text me. I did not answer. Um, and I held myself to that standard. Now, I tell you four years later, I get a little hurt by that standard when my past clients come back, and I don't have that same level at this point because I'm, you know, I'm doing 14 other things now. Right. So now I have team members that can match that standard. Um, so when it comes to shooting video, when it came to creating content, when it came to Instagram, Facebook, I just simply looked at the world around me like, okay, business, what I'm learning from these books is business is a simple art of finding a problem and creating a solution. What's the problem in real estate right now? And the thing I noticed, I noticed three things. I said, realtors aren't approachable. They look like suit and tie, prim and proper. If I come with a bunch of questions, I'm going to look like an idiot. All right. Number two, I realized none of this content was being given out for free. I felt like it was all hidden back by lock and key. Like talk to me and I'll give you the info, but I ain't going to give it to you. And then third was publicity. Like I felt no one was putting themselves out there. No one was even running a simple Facebook ad. They were just leaving it up to who's going to click my name on Google, leaving it up to chance. And so I took all three of those things and I'm like, I'm just going to start creating content, telling people how to buy and sell homes. And it made me approachable and it made me normal and it made me one of them which meant I was the person they talked to when they had a question. And that's what kind of led to it. But it all started from walking in, not pretending to know more than I did. I would say that's super interesting because with you, like you said, you're big in social media and that aspect of things. And I've never met like another realtor like you that goes all out on social media. And so just out of curiosity, how has that affected your business? Like, do you get most of your clients from social media now? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think there's a single at this point, And I mean this, I don't think there is a single client that comes to me now, a lead that comes through that I couldn't tie back to social media. So if it's a text, it's from somebody that referred me that was a past client and that past client came from Facebook. Like the spider web of leads, it all it all works back to social media. Yeah, I, I don't do newspaper ads. I, I've done some door knocking and the door knocking I do, the only leads I've gotten from it, they're like, oh, you're the dude from Facebook. <laughs> so... Yeah, like if I'm at, like, I'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings. And, and literally, I, it's weird, dude. I've had people ask me for pictures because I run ads. That's awesome. Like, because they know me so well and have heard my voice so much, they assume celebrity. They assume that because we only see the Billie Jean marketings and the Gary Vaynerchuks and the Grant Cardones running these ads. And when I'm putting myself right there in that same window, or I'm advertising on YouTube TV, like where the real commercials are, but it costs the same click per or cost per view. Yeah, I can make a quick little high definition 15 second video to run between your Netflix binge. Yeah, easy. <laughs> or not Netflix because you can't advertise there, but you know, whatever you're watching, you're watching Sports Center on YouTube TV, and then I pop up, you're like, whoa, I want to work with that guy. That's cool. So yeah. it's, yeah, content's king. Yeah, that, that just shows you the power of social media and how things are so much different now than they were 10 years ago. Um, so I know you got to run, so I don't want to you know, take up too much more of your time. So before we hop off, is there anything else you would like to say? And if people want to reach out to you, how can they find you? Zachary Loft on all platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, building out of YouTube. I have it currently. We're just under 10,000 subscribers and really not a lot of content. Um, 
Uh, so that's going to be in the, the up and up. Would love to connect with you on Instagram. DM me uh, when it, whether it comes to marketing, entrepreneurship, real estate, social media, anything like that, mindset. Um, you can always go into my DMs. I answer them daily. Um, I try to keep my requests below that 99 request plus mark. That makes me <laughs> it makes my anxiety go up. So uh, I try and keep it below it if I can. Um, but yeah, um, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you having me on. And uh, anything I can do to help you, man, always reach out. I appreciate it. All right, guys, there you have it. Zachary Faust, thank you so much for hopping on today. My pleasure, brother. No way that we go is a one-way street. Nothing that we love is a one-day key. And if we gon' do it, we gon' do this now. And if we say we gonna, we gon' hold this down. This episode was sponsored by Ruben Alvarez from In For The Kill Podcast. Check out his YouTube channel for product reviews, mindset videos, and interviews.